on this episode of Quantum Week, February 24th through March 2nd, 2013. Welcome to Quantum Week. I'm Matt. I'm Chris. Quantum Week is a show in which Chris and I leap into a random week of a random year in our lifetime, and we talk about the movies, the music, the headlines, everything that was happening during that time period to make it unique. And this week we're doing February 24th through March 2nd, 2013. Yes. I I think our most recent. Yes. Right. Yes. Because we did Walk the Line, which was, I don't know, 2007 or something. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, this is is pretty recent. Y2K, a bunch of 80s. Right, a couple yeah. Of 90s, yeah. A couple 90s, yeah. yeah. So this is it, so cool. this is modern. This is better because it's within my memory. That's right. <laughs> um, yeah, and the movie we're talking about uh, today is uh, Identity Thief. Okay, this wasn't memorable, though. In fact, I don't no. think I saw it when it I, came out. Honestly, if you, so when this movie, when I looked, so how it works is uh, we find out the week, I go to boxofficemojo.com, which is a super cool site. It has all these great charts and stuff, but box office stuff. And I'm like, Identity Thief? What the fuck is that? Yeah, so this was number one in the box office, right? Yeah, yeah, it was actually number one. So here's how. I think it went like one the first weekend it came out. Yeah. Made a shitload of money. And in fact, it made a ton of money. It made a shitload of money. And there was a snowstorm that weekend in in the Northeast, I guess. Oh, I know, actually. I know. Yeah. And then even so, though, it still exceeded expectations for the box office. And then the second week came out was number two. It only lost 20%, which is a very low number. And the third week, it went back to number one. Wait, wait, wait. That's normal as you'll lose 20% no, of your box office? No, that's not normal. Oh, no, normal, you're like 40, 50%. Oh, it's that big? Yeah. So when you have a drop wow. off, like there's a, a Billy Crystal movie called Forget Paris. It came out in like 96. Yeah. And that movie actually made more the second week than the first. So that which doesn't... Is, which never happened. No, because like, you get all the marketing push right before the first right. one. So you expect people to be excited exactly. to go out. How it works too with movie theaters is usually the contract or kind of how it works is they the theaters agree to show it for two weeks. So you'll have the same amount of theaters from week that's one it? and week two. They stay longer than that. Okay, but let's yeah. say a movie's like total trash, like GV right, or something right, right, like right. complete fucking garbage. Then at that point, then they're like, all right, well, week three, then you'll see a drastic downfall. Even if a movie's kind of shitty, you still see a pretty big downfall. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so usually the same amount of screens between week one and week two. Um, but usually the movies drop off 40, 35, 45%. Wow. If that's surprising. Sometimes you'll see movies drop off like comic book movies even bigger than that. Cause I guess I'm just, my, my memory is, I don't pay attention as much, but my memory is movies in the theater for like six weeks or eight weeks. And they are, Yeah, they are in the theater, but usually it's the big ones. I guess less, that I noticed. But it's the less screens though. Oh, so okay. instead of being on 4,000 screens, maybe it's only on 2000. And so what would normally, normally like bigger theaters would do like maybe it was on three screens exactly. or something. Oh, okay. And then and it they move drop down it to, to one because a new release is coming out the next week, whatever. So, so the second, space. so the second week, this thing only lost twenty percent, which is crazy. It's crazy. And the third week went back to number one, I believe. Did it gain? Do you know if it lost it, more no, money? No, it still it lost more okay, money. Okay, yeah, but, but it just, still, just the competition was for whatever reason oh, watered down. But okay. yeah, so it went one two one, which is pretty rare. Yeah, uh, and it made and only lost twenty percent from week one to week two, which is very rare. Very, very, very rare when you say this movie is not very good. No, it sucks. It, and it made, did you say it made 174 million in the box Worldwide, office? Worldwide, yeah. That they, is crazy. They made like 130 just domestic, which is crazy for a crazy. comedy. A rated R comedy, too. Um, usually PG 13 comedies make more because you have a wider audience. Right. Um, and one that sucked. You'd think by this, like the first week, some people would, would yeah, have I know. left and been like, this is, this blows. Usually when you see a drop off that small between week one and week two, cause it's a good movie and word of mouth got people to go yeah, out. Right. I, I can't imagine telling friends. Also, <laughs> no. I like hated these Ooh. people to go watch this movie. Do you think that there, 
Well, even Rotten, Rotten Tomatoes was bad on this, so I don't think people, I don't think there were many people who really liked it. There wasn't probably, I mean, think about when it came out. Yeah, there yeah. Wasn't, there's yeah, not yeah, a lot right. out at that time. Um, and well, I, he was so big that like he was, she was too she was really too because that was right after bridesmaids i think oh uh, yeah i think yeah, 2012 yeah, a or years after, or right. this is the most mccarthy peak yeah it was um i gotta say off the top too so with this movie this character especially the first 45 minutes to an hour sandy the you mean Sa- sandy the woman oh oh sandy the woman um which i guess is julia is her real name or no diana rather, diana and it becomes dawn yeah um but the most mccarthy character I don't know if I've ever hated a character more. I'm glad you hour. said that. I mean, I this is like that's what my notes say. This is worse say. than Jar Jar Banks, the like, worst I character. I hate this woman. Fucking hate her. Like I, I really like, and I the, they didn't. Jason Bateman's character was, I guess, very relatable, but also just like yeah. just a good person, and they kept doing horrible things to him, and it, it was like I just felt bad for him. Yeah, like I really hated this woman, and I know they kind of have her do like a, a a bit of a uh, she becomes a good guy at the end. Which, of course. Yeah, she does the right thing at the end. But so actually, Even so, it still fell flat for me. Like, I really hate this fucking I person. I fucking hate and her. I know she ends up in jail. I'm, we're giving spoilers. Don't watch this. No, we should, ta- we should talk about... In fact, I... Sorry, in, in preceding episodes, I'd sort of listened back and thought, should we explain the movie a little bit more when we're talking about it? Do you want to give, know. like, the basic... This, I think maybe it was some... Like, so, like, Return of the Jedi, everyone's kind of seen it. Yeah, right. This movie... If you're, I don't give if a you, shit. If, if you're lucky, you haven't seen it. I know. The movie sucks. But I think we should explain it a little bit too. Sure, I don't go give for a shit. Spoilers, whatever. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. so as Sandy, uh, Jason Bateman characters, this guy, his name is Sandy. It's a female name too. Which um, they have way too much. They, they, we they, we right. get it. Yeah, yeah, we get it, right. I mean, uh, so he sees like a good dude, works for a company, sort of an accountant type of guy, and he gets duped by Melissa Mar- McCartney's character. McCarthy. McCarthy. Jesus, I always say that. Uh, McCarthy's character who calls him and basically gets him to give up all of his personal information. And then she steals his credit. Yeah, and identity. Like identity, identity, identity right. Identity theft. And she has and fun goes, doing it. She's like, gleefully she doing it. it. Yeah. Um, she's like stealing no shit. remorse. I, in fact, at one point it was kind of weird. At, at one point they, they said that she'd racked up like four or 5,000 or 12,000 in debt and, I, debt. and I was like, no way she would have racked up way, in, way, way more, more than that. that. Right. That, yeah. 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 After she bought a ski do, it was something like $10,000. Well, in like, her house, she had like, all these weird shots. Tra- like everything so, she had was keys, crazy. 10 blenders. She ended up, when she, and we find out later, she bought a car. She bought a car, she bought right. A, a Fiat. Yeah. Fiat, which would have been, I don't know, 18, $22,000 car something. Anyway, so she's been doing this for a while. Yes. Jason Bateman at the same time has sort of a Jerry Maguire moment at his job. He like, they sort of realize no one, um, you know, the upper management doesn't it doesn't really pay attention. It doesn't give them good money, whatever. I don't want to shoot even the part. Whatever. Yeah, 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 okay, so uprising happens. Okay, uprising happens. He leaves. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't think. Yes, but the problem is he needs to deal with his credit, though. He needs to deal with it, so he goes after her, right, to bring her back to to bring justice to her, basically. Yeah, yeah. And so basically, it becomes if you've seen Midnight Run, it's very similar to that. Okay, it's kind of similar to Midnight Run. Much worse. Way worse. At least that was kind of funny at the time. And Midnight Run doesn't hold up super great. Uh, I haven't seen for it in 15 you years. Seen? No, I've oh, seen it in the past. Yeah, yeah it, it doesn't. Ago. I watched it a couple years ago. It doesn't hold up super great, uh, but it, it is a much better movie than this. The characters have a lot more, there's a lot more depth in them. Yeah. Um, they're a lot more realistic. And they kind of, the cool about Midnight Run is they always kind of stay to who they are. So like De Niro mm. and Grodin kind of, that, those characters never change too, too much. Right. They do change a tiny bit and they kind of meet in the middle. Yeah. But not quite the middle. They kind of meet like a little closer to each other. The, this is ridiculous. Like Melissa yeah. McCarthy's character is a total 180. She Sh- goes from being this shitty person that's a, a credit thief. Up until kind of close to the end, like 15 minutes from the end is when yeah. she makes the change. And even, even, even the Jason Bateman character becomes a credit thief at one point. Yes, he does. Right. He does bizarre. the wrong thing, which is it, shitty. It's just, it's a really bad movie. It's not yeah. good. The director uh, is... Oh, Gordon. Uh, Seth Gordon, I think it's his Seth name. Seth Gordon, which, which 
So Seth Gordon did direct, in my opinion, a great movie. Oh, I wonder if it's the same one. You it's, tell uh, me. The King of Kong. That's an awesome movie. I'm glad you said that. A Fistful of Quarters, which is a great documentary. Such a great one. Cool, too. I know we taped this in New Hampshire. Matt and I both live yeah. in New Hampshire. A lot of it takes place in New Hampshire at Fun Spot. Fun Spot, right. Which is pretty cool. But Biggest arcade in like the world or in, something. In the world. It's crazy. Yeah. But they have a lot of stuff like that. But uh, but it's a cool. It's about the... I would recommend don't see Identity. No, see, see King, of, King Kong. of Kong. It's about this guy is trying to get the best score ever in King Kong. Right. And the, the challenge. It's really good. It's a really, really... Sort of an everyman versus it's, like a flamboyant. It's, it's awesome. Uh, but, yeah. So since then, Zorro though... character. <laughs> yeah. Since then, Seth Gordon has made Four Christmases, which is terrible. I didn't uh, see I haven't it. seen it, but just... Uh, I, sh- I shouldn't say it's terrible. That's not right. It's critically regarded as terrible. I've not seen Four Christmases. Yeah, it wasn't compelling to I've you I've never seen it. Horrible Bosses. I didn't see that either. I didn't care about that shit. Um, and then he did the Baywatch movie, which I also haven't seen. Haven't seen it, but I thought that people liked that more. But pe- I like The Rock, so I would probably see it for that. I haven't like gotten to rock. it yet. Uh, You're not a rock guy. Not a fan of The Rock. I find him um, funny. Uh, but Horrible Bosses, uh, and he, that was also with Bateman, which he did before right. this. Right. And then he didn't do the sequel. I guess he had some scheduling conflicts, but I don't really understand what There's they were. There's a sequel to Horrible Bosses? There's Horrible Bosses, too. Fuck? Um, Horrible Bosses made a lot of money. That's the thing is, his oh. movies all make money. Baywatch made money. Um, all of his movies make a shit ton of money. Who was the other director that we talked about a few uh, episodes ago? Oh, who makes yeah, a shit Raji Gosner. Right, who makes a shit yeah. like a shitload shit, that was on the shitty YouTube movies, show. but a shit ton of movies. Uh, yeah. shit ton of money. These movies aren't as bad, but yeah, they're, no. not, they're not. But it's it's so strange. If you told me the the King of Con guy would go on and direct this, yeah, I'd be so disappointed. That's yeah, a really yeah. good. And documentary. It's a great movie. Yeah, um, a great documentary. The other thing is, um, Jason Bate, like he is not really a good leading. I really like him in Ozark and I loved him in uh, Development. Development. Of course I thought, you know, I think he is really talented, but he just, he can't really carry a movie. At least with Ozark, there's a lot of strong there's a lot, actors. Right. I, I think I like Jason Bateman maybe more than I should. I find him to be very entertaining, but uh, I, I think that I don't really, I can't really define that. Or, I just think, I think he's but a great, good, like him as the good, good guy man. character. Right. But that it's, it's not good enough. Like he's not as good as Kevin Costner was in field of dreams as like no, a straight man. Different movies. I mean, yeah, it's I, different, I mean, he's a, he's a TV actor. I he's mean, a TV I mean, actor. Yeah. Maybe he's better in that, in that thing. But to carry out, that's the other thing about this movie. This is a two hour fucking movie. Oh, that, but, that, like, how, why the DVD <laughs> I got, it had the, uh, it had the theatrical version, which was a buck 53. And then it had the, Unrated version, which is like two ten. No, I, I, I did not watch that. I watched. No, the, no, I watched the theatrical. I'm like, I'm good. It's right? enough minutes. identity thief for me. Uh, <laughs> this movie, this movie's Ozzy. This movie has a kind of an interesting cast. That like the guy that plays Mike Ermintrout from Breaking Bad is a oh, tiny right. role. Yep, that's right. Um, uh, Amanda Peet has a yeah. tiny role as his wife. Bankless role. Yeah, I don't know why um, she's even why she's doing it. Yeah, it was like a favorite. John yeah. Favreau plays the asshole right. boss. I don't know why. I don't know either. He's got plenty of success as a director and another kind of cool films, even sort of indie film. He did that chef film. Which oh, I I was say, was exactly. Say. If you want to go see a, a movie on Netflix, it was, it was on Netflix before. Chef is great. Yeah. Yeah. Go check out chef. So it, I don't know why it, he it's would short, do it's like this. 90 minutes. It's a really good movie. Yeah. If you haven't seen chef, they never got the audience it deserves. It's a really entertaining minute. Uh, yeah. 90 minutes. So go see King of Kong. Go, go see, see chef. chef. Do not see identity. Theory. The other, um, the other thing is, uh, Melissa McCarthy, like with the, she's just never funny at all. I don't like the, her at all. I know you do. And maybe see, I liked bridesmaids and I thought she okay. played a good yeah, character. It's fine. There. It's, yeah. Right. But I, she can't carry shit either. They've really tried to shoehorn oh, tried, her in and a bunch of stuff. Like a buddy cop movie. All these dumb comedies. Really dumb. She's comedies. on that CBS show, not, Mike and Molly. She's just not for me. It's, she's very, it's very like, um, just like 
She's weirdly inappropriate. That's not funny. Right. Yeah. Like, tries to be appropriate. They constantly make fun of her weight. And, all right, we get it. The thing is, they tried to, like, go always... with the slapstick. He got hit in the throat. Uh, people keep get, kept getting hit, hit in, the in the throat. throat which is like, that was their warning gag. But, like, it had no real effects. No. Three no. minutes later. I think mostly, I think that probably the first time it happened, I might have laughed. I might have chuckled a little bit. That might have been my only chuckle for the film. But then it happened, like, yeah. nine more times. This and I was like, what are you doing? Out. No one dies what? at the end. That's the other all thing. All these hitmen. Oh yeah. Nobody dies. Like they've definitely chickened out. Yeah, because who's a uh, um uh, the guy the Terminator Robert uh, Patrick? Right, right. He got he got like shot in the neck and got lived. Shot, crazy car accident lived. Shot in yeah. the neck. Yeah. Oh like, yeah. They flipped like eight times. Two other hitmen get shot. In that the was foot. the other thing. Is she was weirdly McCarthy was weirdly like durable from accidents. Like she got in that nasty car accident. It I was think insane. she got knocked out another couple times, but she would just get back up like a little. She got hit wobble. by a car. She got hit by a car. That's what it was. And Jason Bateman even says, are you human? Which is a fair question. It is a fair question. And she tried to rationalize it by saying, if you just loosen your legs, you'll, you'll survive anything. It was just, yeah. it was just stupid. It was mindless. Go check out chef. It's a really like good movie about fatherhood and about what it means to have a career. And then go check out King of Kong, which is about, um, you know, fighting your, dr- fighting for your yeah, dreams. Right, right, right. Um, and just like the challenges. Those are two good movies. I really, identity is terrible. I right? know you want to wrap this up, but I just want so to say, bad, I just man. want to say a couple more things. Okay. All right. First of all, it was 19% approval rating on, uh, on Rotten Tomatoes, which seems about par for the That's course. Uh, the other thing is Bateman. He actually, he pushed for McCarthy to be in this role. It was supposed to be two dudes. Did yes. You see that? I saw that. Um, but he pushed for her after seeing bridesmaids. He was like, Oh, I need to act with this. Cause he, he woman. got a producing credit on this too. Did Bateman he? Did, yeah. So, yeah. uh, yeah, yeah. Bateman also, he's the showrunner on Ozark. Which is crazy. I don't know. Can you tell me what does a showrunner do? So they're like in charge of everything. So how's that different than a producer? Producer finds the money. So it depends. So different showrunners have different things. So Will Forte was the showrunner for Last Man on Earth on Fox. Oh, I don't know. The reason I bring that up is because I went to a panel in New York that he was he was on. Yeah. And he was even so he was such an intricate showrunner. So basically, it means you have writers write a script. Yeah. He then takes the script and then like fine tunes it. Change you know basically the showrunner does. Yeah. Seinfeld did this too with Wow Seinfeld. They'll kind of make it, craft it so it works for the show yeah. the best way possible. So they're almost like the editor. Then they, mm. then both Seinfeld and Forte both would then act in the show. And right. then when the show then would go into um, post-production, uh, then Forte was in the editing room. Jesus. Forte edited The Last on Earth, I guess, which is crazy. That is crazy. I don't think Seinfeld did that. But um, yeah, I guess just the, the ta- it was just so taxing. That's why Jerry stopped doing Seinfeld was because those, oh, it's all, those last two seasons, Larry David wasn't there. Uh, so it was so we had to all do everything. Jerry, yeah, he he got burned out. Jeez, of course he did. Yeah. So, but so okay. So you think Bateman is doing that for Ozark? He's uh, he's helping he's with editing. the script. And he's he's yeah. So he's also like Jesus. He's also helping pick the directors out. Wow. Uh, you know, helping the directors kind of cast a vision. Like Vince Gilligan did a lot of that when he was doing Breaking Bad. He yeah. would go after certain directors who could do that a certain way when he was a showrunner for that. Yeah, showrunner is like the most important part. If, and a great example of this, do you watch The Walking Dead? Have you ever watched The Walking Dead? I watched like the first five seasons. I liked them sure. for a while and then I was like, this is bullshit. Great left. example of what happens when you don't have a showrunner. So the first season was Frank uh, Darabont. That's the guy that directed uh, Shawshank Redemption, yep. um, Green Mile. So he was a showrunner for Walking Dead. I thought season one, personally, I thought it was very good. I liked it. He got fired, I believe, very early on in season two. Mm. Very strange what happened there. I, didn't, no one, I don't know exactly what went down there, but the uh, conflict between him and AMC. Uh, AMC notoriously cheap with some things. And I think it was a budget issues. Really? They put out a good product too. They do. It's and that's what Darabont kept pushing back. But Darabont yeah. also is known for being kind of a my way, the highway kind of guy. A great yeah. example of that is that movie Majestic with Jim Carrey. But um, so mm. then they had another showrunner come in. That showrunner got fired. 
so you have all of these showrunners for walking and oh. the show became so convoluted. Yeah. And you it's like, oh not even because what happens is you need to really you have need one, a creative alpha. You need Absolutely. To have a singular vision. Right. To you know, kind of at least for a series. Yep. And for a movie, you have a director. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's what that's what happened with uh with, he's the guy for Ozark. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, I like Ozark a lot. Uh, thir- third season apparently is coming out. Yes, it, yeah. Any day now, I'm gonna drop it. I guess, right? Yeah, I think. So. I, I think so. I got. I, heard, I set a little reminder for myself. Be, then you might be trying to rush it because probably because yeah. no one's doing anything. Um, okay, so anything else we need to say? No, let's talk, <laughs> let's talk music. All right, cool. Do you? All right, so the song is um, it's Thrift Shop. Thrift Shop by Macklemore and Ryan Lewis. Right. Yes. Do you, how did you feel about this? The way you say it, how did you feel about it? So okay, so I don't know what this says about me. So the first like. When I'm listening to Thrift Shop, actually, I was living in New York City at the time. So when you're living in New York, you hear pop music constantly. Yeah, of every course. Store, you yeah, because everyone's young, so no, you don't hear any like oldies. It's all like new stuff, right? Um, everywhere you go, and um, the first minute of Thrift Shop, and it even happened again just when I listened to it now this past week. I'm kind of annoyed. I'm like, this is stupid. This is so dumb. This is so stupid. Conceptually stupid, or or you don't like the sound of the song. The, the lyrics are just dumb. It just, it's yeah. just it just sounds even the the pace. It just sounds dumb. Yeah. But by the end of the song, no matter what, I'm tapping my toe, <laughs> yeah. and I'm like, what the fuck? Every time, like I against my better wishes, I get sucked in. Yeah. And it's just like do 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 do, and I'm just yeah, like, right. and I start. I'm like, yeah. And when it's over, I'm like, oh, I never once shut it off. Yeah. But the first minute, I'm like, you're annoyed. With gritted teeth, my arms are crossed. Like this is so stupid. That's funny you say it because say that because um, actually the it's a very weird tune. It yes, has it a very long opening segment, which is this. Uh, it's the opening segment is totally different than anything else from the rest of the song. It's an 808 beat. Uh, 808 is like an early drum machine. Um, you would hear an 808. Everything Run DMC. You would hear like 808s all over that. It's a it's a programmable drum machine, so you would hear kick sounds, snare sounds, like all the drum kit sounds, and like effects sounds are from this 808. Um, it's been around since the I think probably the early 80s, and people still use it in rap tunes. So the beginning is just this 808 doing uh like a with this like a snare with a thing that's happening over like vocal thing that's happening. And it happens for a while, and then it kicks into the song, which is nothing to do with that. It even, like, the arrangement of the beat is different. It's a very sort of swing beat. In the beginning, you... Then it goes into a much straighter beat when you hit, like, right in and kick into the song. But it happens so long. Like, people don't have attention spans normally to make their way through something like that, an intro like that, before, like, lyrics happen. It's, it's, it's so rare and weird. So maybe that was, maybe that's why you got so annoyed with it. No, it's the lyrics are dumb. You think it's, oh, it's the lyrics? Going to a fucking thrift shop. It's you like know, buying you know, shitty stuff You don't think that shop. that's a cool, okay. No, when, it's stupid. No, 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 think about it this way. I'm sure you have thought about it this way, but, like, most... Most like rap tunes are I, talking about their bling I and get spending a shit doing. ton of money. It's, it's a little on the nose. It's a, it's a, you think it's just too... It's like too much by about nine quarters. We get it. You're not <laughs> buying bling. You're right. buying shitty stuff. Well, you got to have Which a concept is, for a song. Well, yeah, but... You can't have like eight concepts you, for the song. But there's, there's not a lot of depth to that. It's just, now he's just describing he wants to dress like the grandfather yeah, or the sheets smell like piss. Oh, that's a great moment too. Where he, Right. Where uh, this never happens in a song either. Where he talks about... Uh, Whatever this fur coat sa- smells like arcade uh, oh, sheets. sheets. Like, yeah, yes. And yeah. then it, they like pause for two yeah. mes- uh, two measures while he goes exactly. And it's like you never hear pauses yeah. like that in the middle of tunes. It's crazy. No, I think it's the creativity in that in the structure of the song, kind of what you're explaining, that sucks me in. That's the thing. Is um, so I don't. 
I'll tell you my experience with it. I missed the whole Mac. I tweeted this out today. I missed the whole Macklemore thing. And it's not, I don't know why. I just think I wasn't paying attention to pop music at all at the time, but he was huge. Like huge. this album was huge. And huge. I'll talk about that in a second. Um, but I didn't realize that. So it's Macklemore and Ryan Lewis. Ryan Lewis is his producer. And what a producer does in music, yeah, different things, they do different things depending on, on the type of album or type of artist. But a producer in rap usually is the one that's writing like all of the, all the background music to getting the samples together, doing the drum beats, like getting, putting it all together basically. Um, so it's kind of half someone who's mixing the album, meaning like how loud and soft and what effects and all that stuff. And half someone writing the music for the, for the album. And really a lot of times rappers need the producer because rappers will, will create lyrics over a sort of a beat in their head but they can't, they're not necessarily structuring the rest of the tunes. Someone like Outkast, um, different story. Like they're doing a lot of their own production, the two okay. of them. Um, uh, but in this case, Macklemore seems like, seems like the relationship is Macklemore does, does the, you know, the pretty provocative and interesting flow. And Ryan Luce is doing all the other stuff underneath it. And his production is fucking awesome. It's really awesome. It, I agree. It's so good. Um, because so, it's, it's sucking, it, it's so good. It sucks you it, in. Like I am literally annoyed, and it's like grabbing by the collar. Yeah, and I don't fight back. I was gonna talk. I'll, I'll, so let's go into Ryan Lewis a little bit, because and then I'll go back to the sort of the song and impact and album and shit. So the crazy thing about this song is it's that one sax loop pretty much throughout all of it, like boop, like I can't sing it, but um, but that's it over and over and over. And normally, when you hear something that just repeats forever you get annoyed with it and you want to fucking break it and turn it off but it doesn't annoy me because every like ryan lewis does such a good job changing shit behind it throughout the whole song yeah. you never listen but you've listened to like four measure every four measures the beat changes something changes drastically in the song if you listen to it like the pad the beat pattern's different or suddenly there's no kick drum and it's just snare and some claps or suddenly there's this big boom 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 like belly sort of uh, sort of kick drum. Okay. Or it goes into like these, these synth pads that, that are like swelling synth pads and shit. It's just always changing. This thing is like sort of like this living oral tapestry that just is, it's never staying the same. And so because of that, I don't get sick of the fucking uh, sax riff that's hmm. happening over it. And that really shows his brilliant, the other brilliance. The other thing is if you listen to the song in head that I always like, you know, we're all used to like listening to music either through our computer speakers or through our, you know, lots in the car. Um, but if you really want to get a sense of how well something is recorded, you have to have isolation type headphones on. So like the type of headphones I'm wearing right now that you're looking at, um, they fit over my, my ears and they, they don't necessarily block out the sound of the rest of the world, but they're covering my ears. Right. That's the type of headphones you need to listen to in order to, or you need to listen with in order to understand how good the recording is. And if you do that, this is a pristine recording. It's beautiful. There's, it's spatially interesting. Like when you listen to music, you want to, not everything is happening like right in front of your face. You need to have space, like oral space. Things are happening a little bit left or a little bit right. Actually, and if you're listening to this podcast, if you, you close your eyes, I'm a little bit left and Chris is a little bit right. Like I give us some space. Yeah. I'm a little country. You're a little rock and roll. Okay. That's how it goes. No, but, but that type of you like listening to where stuff is in the mix, um, left, right, center, high, low. If you like, this is a beautifully crafted song and shit's changing all over the place. So you hear stuff come in and come out all over. 
Um, that's why, that's why it's interesting to me. There's like so much to, to kind of pay attention to and to pick apart. So Ryan Lewis. Awesome. Yes. Um, the only thing is, doesn't sound like they're doing much together anymore. I think they stopped touring together in like 2017. Macklemore released some sort of Christmas album or something. Okay. Whatever. Not cool. Um, album impact. So this was released on Macklemore's um, like private label, independent label. Yeah. Uh, and it got huge. But like, I guess he paid Warner Brothers to do pr- some distributing. It's just really, and some marketing. Maybe okay, maybe that's the case. Yeah. I didn't see that part of it. So I know he's giving them some royalty. They get a cut of this. They right, get a cut of but it. But not as much as they would if he released it through Warner Brothers. Exactly. Yeah. But pretty interesting and very smart. Savvy I, well, move. I don't know that he had the option at the time. I mean, he was he I'm not gonna say struggling, but I know he had he like he had some substance abuse issues. Yeah, he's had a, yeah. Through his it doesn't sound like so much anymore. No, like he's been married the same woman for a while and he's had two, two kids, kids and yeah. it seems like he's got his shit together. Pretty- I think so, but I think through, right, through his like late teens and, and early to mid 20s, I don't know how seriously people were taking him. So that he released uh, a bunch of, not album, but a bunch of songs and remixes and things independently for a while. So I don't know it was a conscious decision, hmm. but or I don't think it was like, oh, I'm going to do it this way instead of Warner Brothers. I don't know that he got, he could have gotten a deal. The other issue is he's from Seattle and the music scene can be good in Seattle. Not really at that time. In the 90s, it was obviously right. with the grunge movement and Pearl Jam and all that shit. But really, rap, if you're not in New York or LA, I don't know how much interest you're going to get from labels. Um, he was doing big shows in Seattle. He was doing like, you know, big events and uh, big like, yeah, like he's not headlining, but he was doing supporting acts and bigger events, like sort of a Lollapalooza type of stuff in and around Seattle. But I don't know how much play he was getting elsewhere. So I think he had to do it this way. And um, just because I think the these the song just really took off, really hit a chord with people, and just got huge. So that this album was an independently released album. Um, it won four Grammys, wow. which has never happened before in an independent release. Oh, really? album. oh wow. yeah, okay. Um, the first is he's the first the first they are the first duo to have their first t- singles go to number one. Oh, ever. Um, and uh, this song sold six million copies just the song wow so the, it just got like this put him on the f- i don't know why i didn't see it but yeah, it just yeah, it, i remember that song same love was that was a huge hit too. yes that was yeah, in this album that as well. must have been their second one that was a right? huge that was hit. The second one yeah um, and i mean i heard this song played in so many different like bodegas and just blaring out of like you know taxi cabs right. and everything else in new york <laughs> right, right. when i was living there i just i have all these memories of just kind of it being yeah. everywhere this is the first um song first into uh, independently released song to hit number one since Lisa Loeb's Loeb's stay. Oh, wow. Loeb or Loeb or Loeb. Loeb, which I think was early, early nineties, 93, 94, maybe. I can't remember exactly. Um, so that's like 20 years difference. That's crazy. Uh, and then, um, this was the most downloaded and purchased song that year in 2013. Wow. Um, but no, second only to one. And that's Robin. Oh, bird lines. Blurred lines, yeah, which, which I think hit. sold maybe like 150,000 more copies or something. It wasn't I mean, a that big song difference. was a monster. It was a monster. Yeah. I remember that was everywhere. Um, so one, like I said, best rap performance was a Grammy best song, um, at the Grammys. Um, yeah, it was just fucking that was huge. It, yeah. Well, there you go. Thrift shop. Any Thrift else? shop. 
Mm-hmm. Run. Oh, the only other thing is, so I noted like they, it was some smart samples in here too. Did you hear the she from Wire? Yeah, which yeah, I thought was really yeah. fun. Yeah, it's fun. That's a good one. Uh, and then the other one I saw. Oh, I saw a Kurt Cobain um, shirt. Some guy had a blue shirt with Kurt Cobain's face on it in the in the in the um, oh, in, in the, the video, video which okay. was neat. Uh, the other thing that I there's this there's a particular sound. Uh, it's sort of a hand clap sound um, that. I always recognize when I hear it, it's it's all over Outkast stuff. Like if you listen to Bombs Over Back, do you know Outkast? Oh all? yeah, yeah, yeah. Love them. Yeah, so that album Bombs was, Over Bag- Baghdad is huge. Yeah, right. Uh, in Bombs Over Baghdad, there's this like uh, very snappy kind of hand clap sound uh, that you hear throughout that song, and that's in this too. I, like that, I place right. I thought was kind of an interesting thing. Uh, oh, I just uh, one other thing, I guess, is uh, we we were talking about how interesting this was from a compositional standpoint. It also has very odd, um, usually you hear songs and they're like, they're, they're structured in like eight bar phrases. They go like, it's like eight measures and then eight measures and then eight measures. Like the, the, the sort of the, the, the verse will happen for X amount of time. And then the, the chorus will, these are very oddly constructed phrases. Like you'll have 26 bars instead of eight, 22 bars. Um, which is also another way that makes it kind of interesting because you don't, you can't necessarily perceive that, oh, the course is going to go here. No, it's a little bit longer or it's a little bit shorter. So anyway, yeah, I think that's about it for it. Right, so, I, I really, so, I, so we like this song. I, yeah, and I didn't really know it until we, until I started listening to it for this episode. And then I, you know, I paid a lot of attention to it, got into its structure. And I was like, oh, this is a pretty fucking good song, actually. I like it. All right. Yeah. Personal story. So this was the last week of February of 2013. Yes. I was in New York City. I lived in Astoria in Queens. Um, which is about a 15 minute subway ride from there to, you know, beginning of Manhattan. So, you know, where you get, I have you know. no idea the co- like construction of New York. Yeah. I just on, I just, I see long Island in my head and that's it. Yeah. Um, you know, imagine the Long Island, but imagine as close to really as Manhattan as you can kind of get. That's yeah. kind of where Astoria more or less is. Yeah. Um, and so it was nice cause you get away from Manhattan, but then you're still, but you, you're still close enough where it was a perfect spot to be for at least for where I was. In my yeah. Life. Cause you could get in. Cause Manhattan quick. is great and wonderful, but it's, it just never stops. Yeah. A story you just can kind of catch your breath a little bit and like, all right, cool. Yeah. It's not residential by any means, but it's also not Manhattan. Yeah. Um, so I liked it a lot. Uh, but yeah, I was living there. I was in a tiny apartment at this point in 2013. I was a, it was a one bedroom with me and my first wife. Um, we had two dogs and I would say Ooh. talking maybe, you know, 300 square feet. Holy Jesus. The Christ. bedroom was so small. It was a one bedroom. So people thought we were lucky to have a one bedroom that we never oh, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. you have a one bedroom? Yeah. The, be- the bedroom, though, the luxurious bedroom, you could fit a queen size mattress, like a bed. Like, that's all you had. You had no room for the Yeah, there's no dresser. Like, there's right. No- there's no anything. Like, was you- there a closet? Could you open a closet in there? There was no closet. We had barely room for a dresser, but you couldn't open the bottom two drawers because the bed was blocking it. <laughs> uh, so those were just, those were just left empty. Yeah. And then we had uh, the closet was in the, um, there was no cause in the bedroom. We had a cause that was next to the kitchen. It was oh, like in the kitchen area. I don't even. It was, dude, it was crazy. And meanwhile, you say, all right, you know, some small apartments are built that are built effectively. Yeah, of course, not you know, in New York. No, this is no. you know a pre-war this building. This isn't like IKEA made three hundred square feet. This right. is like this yeah. is like you you know it's just shit's just like thrown, like a fridge in a random right. place, ovens in a random place. So not only is it tiny, but it's also not built very you know no. built properly for that time. So you have to be really creative with having shelves up top. Um, you know, we had high ceilings, luckily, so then you try yeah. to put shelves up as high as you can. You just try to be really creative with your space. Uh, we were paying twelve sixty a month. That actually doesn't sound that pretty, bad. Pretty affordable. Yeah. Um, and it was rent, uh, not rent control, but rent. Uh, oh, what's 
the word I'm looking for. It's just, oh, I forget the other thing, not rent control, but there's another element where they, they can only raise the rent one or 2% okay. a year. Right. Uh, so basically kind of locked into that. So it was a really, it was a quite a fine. We eventually moved out of that apartment to a different place, but leaving, we're a little bit like, ooh, should we leave? Because it was a good price for yeah, rent control. Yeah. means it's like, it's going to be that price forever. This yeah. wasn't the case, but it only go up like 1% of, and 1260 in New York city. That's cheap. And we were right near the subway. It was like a half block from the subway. It was in a great spot in Astoria. Yeah. Um, you were lucky to find that then. Oh, dude, we're so lucky. We were so we. I'm because I got a job first. Then we moved. Oh, right. So I moved in a, a hotel in New York in Manhattan for a month, and we were just scrambling. We'll talk to that when we get to that week. But yeah. Oh yeah. So we, when we got the place, we we're happy. But then eventually, it's like it's so small, dude. And you're just like you're so cramped. Right. And like you know, it's a shitty building. It's a pre-war building. It's old as yeah. fuck. You know, sometimes the hot water wouldn't work. So, you know, the, the heat, it would always, so how the same situation with the heat where you would turn it on in like in October or whatever. Yeah, you don't turn it on. The landlord turns it on. Oh, right. Exactly. It's and steam you have to heat. Keep, and yeah. so your apartment's always like 85 degrees. Right. Oh. So like, it's not, if you walk around like New York city in like older building yeah. neighborhood, you'll see windows open like January because it, you have no control of your heat and it's always 85. I don't know. What the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. So it's just like, it's, it's always like oppressive. It's a tiny place. Um, you do the best you can in there. Um, but yeah, um, during this time I got married about three or four months earlier. So I was in New York yeah. and then you were where you were in New Hampshire. I was in New Hampshire. Uh, Barbara and I had our restaurant open at the time and we, did we talk about this before? Did you say this on the ep- episode or whatever? You said there was a snowstorm, right? Yeah, I didn't say it on the episode. No, okay. Right, I couldn't right remember. Before, right before yeah, we jumped so on. There, yes. there was a snowstorm and it was a bad one and it took out, um, it took out electricity in Newmarket. I, mean, they did, I did say it was in the show. I'm sorry, because the box I office. I can't remember. Yes. Yeah. It took, it took it out electricity in Newmarket. For like three or four days. And it's funny because um, oh. I think the year before when we didn't, it was, yeah, the year before was before we had the restaurant open. The same thing happened. It took out, I think it took out um, electricity in the whole town of Newmarket for like five days. Oof. Was, they had bad, really bad back-to-back years. But it took it out for like three days. So we had to uh, borrow a generator. Oh my to, God, to yeah, the food. Oh, like, right, to keep our, our, um, all of our food from spoiling. We probably had, I don't know, at any given time, I mean, thousands of dollars of worth of food in our... Jesus. Uh, but we couldn't really open um, because, you know, there was no electricity to do anything else. We couldn't cook anything. We, I mean, we had like a gas stove, but still... Yeah, we, 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 so did you like, open or you... No, we just closed really until yeah. it all... Right, and I, I can't... I think it was like... We got nailed that winter, completely nailed. So at one point, so the, uh, the, it's weird how our restaurant was. We were in this building that was very close to another building and there was a tiny driveway that went up straight between it. You know what it looks like. Yep. Um, where in a tiny it's, it's little an older lot, downtown, older downtown and you park back there and people would ding your car up all the time or whatever. But to like plow it out was such a pain in the ass because you just, you'd have a, you'd need a, a smaller truck with a smaller plow to do it. So I ended up snow blowing it, yeah. which would took forever. Cause it was a very steep Ugh. driveway too. And you couldn't put this, you couldn't blow the snow anywhere. And we yeah, had where just, you put it right. Where yeah. do you put it? You had to sort of tuck it up against the hat, the building. It was really fucked up. And it just, we got so many feet. Like I think that snowstorm it was probably two feet of snow. If it's the one that I'm remembering. And then throughout that entire winter, we just got completely crushed. It was a tough one. Not to mention, you know, the loss of business. Right. From all that snow. People aren't going to come out to your restaurant. Oh, but we regardless. You, you had, you had and then we had no power. Three days anyway. Yeah. Right. So that's what the fuck I was doing. Oh, that's rough. When I was living in New York, so I lived in New York for about four and a half years. Uh, we never lost power once. Didn't flicker once. All the lines are underground. Oh, right. So I, so I went through Hurricane Sandy. Oh, and right. We, we didn't, the lights didn't flicker. 
and so having an underground that is so was when I moved back to New Hampshire, it kind of sucked to lose power. Yeah. You're like, oh, I forgot what this was like. It was notoriously bad in Newmarket. I don't know why. It was some sort of weird really oh. junction situation because we. I don't think we've lost power. We may have lost power here in Durham for like, and I don't know, half hour once, but it doesn't really. I think it's just a fact. Newmarket's in some sort of weird hmm. vortex, like power sucking vortex or something. No, that's, that's tough. No, there's snow. It did. I don't remember that snowstorm in particular. I, I do remember some some bad ones that year. Yeah, New York's different because you don't have to drive in it. Right. So it just kind of happens. And plus, because of the lines being underground and the subway, the the sidewalks and streets are much warmer. Are warmer. Yeah. So it it's gone. Very, plus, the weather's warmer. It's much warmer than it is in New Hampshire. Yeah. So the snow doesn't last very long. So, but um, where do they like? I would still think that. When it snows bad in New York, you still got a shit ton of traffic. So how do you even plow that? Well, out? they'll go in, they'll plow it, and they'll shovel snow and bring it to like Coney Beach, Coney Island, or they'll bring it oh, to like, like stick it in a dump truck and yeah, and, 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 drag just, it and, out? They, and they get rid of it. Yeah, oh yeah, uh, yeah. Okay. You'll see, especially in Manhattan, especially. And where I was, in, where I was, my first apartment story was in a very more urban yeah. area. So they would come and they would just like, yeah, they would giant trucks and they just throw all the snow in mm. there and they dump it off at a beach. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Okay. Yeah, um, I guess that's what you have to do when you leave, when you live like yeah. that. All right, that's where yeah. we were. That's where we're. snow. Um, so shall we talk about? I guess some headlines then. Absolutely. All right. Um, first of all, Laura actually sent me this one. Pope Benedict he resigned on the twenty eighth of February, and he was the first pope to do so to resign, not that to was, like not die. Was, right. In that 600 was crazy. Years. In six hundred years, no pope is they've just died. That was weird when that happened. He was not a popular pope. He wasn't. Was he the one? See, I don't remember. I don't know. But Pope John Paul is the one that I knew. The second that was, was the one, the one that, I that knew we had our whole lives. Kind of our whole for, life. For a long time. Right. right. I wonder if he was the one after that. He or was, if I was. believe. He was? I'm pretty, I'm nearly positive. So he was poped for a while. Um, he was in his mid 80s at that time, I think. But people were mad he quit. People were like, that's not what you're supposed oh, to do. People yeah. were pissed. Right. But I understand why he did it. Although I think the new pope that's in is a communist and he's not very popular either. They made it. No, that is popular. They made, is a, movie, popular? They made a movie about it. About Ben? Oh, no, the two popes. I haven't seen it yet. But uh, that it. was like the one Oscar movie I didn't see. Yeah. It got two nominations for Best Act, Anthony Hopkins and right. Jonathan Price. That's right. And I haven't seen it yet. I haven't um, seen it. I, I kind of want to. I think it's, on Netflix. it's a Netflix movie, so it's available. <sighs> now this has come up, I probably should watch this this thing. I, w- I would watch the two popes. We watched so many movies for this show, but I, I would if I could sneak in the two popes. There's another one maybe I don't, can't recommend it. I haven't seen it, but there you go. But some, some more something listening to do? and watching yeah. pleasure. Uh, so the, he did it, though, because of... In his statement, when he when he resigned, he said, listen, with all the child molestation issues we're having, I'm not the pope to lead. Like, I'm too old right. to, to fight this fight. And there's so much corruption in the Vatican, you know, with the, you, basically you have, you have the Catholic Church moving priests um, who are molesting children into other parishes, just sort of swapping them out. There was a lot of, you know, it, it, he said that he couldn't handle trying to bring the the um, the Catholic Church back from that. Sure. So now, that's why I now what's your opinion? Are you for or against child molestation in churches? I'm against it. Okay. Right. Yeah. Right. I know that that's... To each their own. <laughs> right. Okay. Oh. No, I'm against it, obviously, as well. I just didn't know where you stood. I, 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 what I, do you mean you didn't know I, what I stood? Are you I, kidding I, I me? That's a tough question. It's funny, because I was an altar boy, so I, I was like you a were. prime... Shut <laughs> I was like in prime, you know, line yeah. of fire. I never but, got for you. But I was, it was fine. I mean, the po- the uh, priest that I had, Father Croto, he's probably, I'm sure he's dead. He was in his, I don't know, maybe late Gale 60s at that time. Orange jumpsuit right now. No, he's dead. I oh, think okay. he's dead. If he's still alive, he'd be like a hundred. Suicide or something. Probably suicide. Yeah. No, uh, there's other reasons why people wouldn't like him, but he was not, no, he was, uh, he was kind of a mean older dude, but no, I don't remember anything weird or so he, so he made you buy dinner when you went on a date that's what it was okay. yeah <laughs> all right so that's it with uh benedict okay. um the next one is raul castro 
is elected to a second term as oh. president of Cuba. Okay. Did you know the president of Cuba is actually uh, the second most powerful position in Cuba? What's the most powerful? It is the um, the secretary of the Communist Party. Oh. is number one. So that was that's what Fidel Castro held that position for you know forever. But didn't Fidel years. step down before he died? I he did. Yeah, no, Raul took over. Raul did then later on take over oh. as the uh, as, as the secretary, secretary of the Communist Party. So he went from second huh. to most. So you know, just keep it within the family, like you do mm-hmm. in uh, a non-biased uh, government. A true democracy, yes. True democracy, yeah. President, like what? What are you fooling anybody with? You're just you're, it's a dictatorship. Um, Sorry, my Cuban friends. February 24th, um, 2013, uh, it was the 85th Academy Awards. Oh, all right. Yeah. Do you know who the host was? Oh, Can you guess? Come on. You have a good memory. Oh, stop. Jesus. Sorry, sorry. sorry. Uh, 2013. 2013. Frank, I'm, I, the host, uh, I'm, I'm, movies, I'll be better at remembering. Yeah. The host, I would guess, would be Chris Rock. Seth MacFarlane. Oh, it was that year. It okay. was that year. So do you remember any of the movies? Ah, so we're in the 2012 movies, right? Right. Oh my God. I'm terrible at this. Uh, tell me one nominee. Do you have, the, you have only the winners there? I can. T- um, yeah, I think so. All right. Give me one nominee then. Or give me something. Give me any movie. No, okay, I didn't, so I didn't I can, let picture. me tell you documentary. I'll tell you what documentary oh, wait, King's speech? No, no. The artist. The artist won. No. No? No. Was no. the next year the artist won? I think it was, yeah. Um, because it was... Do you want to know any of it? So I'll I t- guess so. Just say it. Okay, all right. Uh, well, Daniel Day Lewis won for um, for Lincoln. He won Best oh, Actor. Yeah, okay. Uh, Melissa Lawrence won for Silver Lining Playbook. Not Melissa Lawrence, but Jennifer Lawrence. Jennifer Lawrence. I don't know what I was thinking. Okay. Um, Waltz. Christopher Waltz won for Wonder Django. It. Yep. Uh, the who Skyfall was the Adele song. I don't actually. I don't have Best Picture here. I don't oh remember my what God. it was. Oh uh, no, it wasn't Lincoln. It was. Oh, it was a. Oh, it, it'll probably come to me later. It'll come to me as we go. The show's almost over, so it's not good. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Uh, Searching for Sugarman, though. Did you ever watch that documentary? No. That was an interesting one. Um, following this guy, look up sh- who won Best Picture. You, you look it up. I can't. You, my phone. You. Have, I don't have the great access. You right your house. Yeah, what, I don't you have the vamp Wi-Fi or something. I don't. Have the, I don't have the Wi-Fi. What? I can vamp. Oh. So uh, we're gonna start doing shows. Uh, we're gonna have three shows next week, all within the same week. So we have our YouTube show on Monday. And then we're going to have a new show on Wednesday and a new show on Saturday. I'm not done headlines. I know. Argo is what won. Oh my oh, God. Argo. That's oh, what I couldn't remember. I, I like that movie a lot. It was good. Yeah. Ben Affleck did not win Best Director. He did not. No. He wasn't even nominated. It won Best Picture. It won something else too, but it was, I think it won two. I think it won Best Screenplay. That's a really good movie. Yeah. Another recommendation. Argo, if you haven't seen it. Um, anyway. Oh, wait. So oh, Searching for Sugarman, I wanted to say this. It was about a, uh, these, this, this duo in um south africa who was like in love with this this sort of eh, he's kind of a folk singer named sugarman um and th- who like disappeared and so he w- they went to go and find him basically oh, right. uh there was some controversy about this uh about about the film though because apparently sugarman had a career in australia so they kind of presented it like uh, he was this guy who who blew up for a time and then sort of disappeared it wasn't quite the oh. case but anyway i saw that one right. it was interesting Good. Um, the brains of two rats were fused oh, together. Fused together. Oh, boy. And they were talking to each other. The rats? Rats can't talk. Rats' brains were talking to what each other. Rat, how do rats? Rats can't talk. No, rats couldn't talk, but the brains were talking like synapses like I'm hungry, were fused. I'm sleepy or something? Yeah, like all that shit. That's fucking crazy I don't like shit. That yeah, you're what science, do you mean? Your science headlines are I'm not, always trash. You don't find that linking two brains together is interesting? No. Would you like two scrotums together? Would that would that be more interesting? 
No. You don't like any science. You don't like any technology. That's the problem. That's right. That's, right. <laughs> that's about right. Jesus Christ. Um, okay. Well, this last one's kind of a, no, it's not. An environmental study shows that a hunt showed that a hundred million sharks are killed per year by fishermen. A hundred million. I'm still mad about Argo. I should have known that. You should have known that. Right, I'm a little say. disappointed. I, in you. I, so I really right to read that movie. I think I saw like all those nominees no. that year too. Can we talk about sharks? So can you imagine that a hundred million sharks are killed every year by fishermen? Can you imagine how many sharks are there then? I don't care. There, no, there has to be billions. Like, well, there's still sharks. So there's more than hundred million. Yeah, but like, it's got to be billions of sharks in the ocean. That's crazy. Right, the ocean's to a me. big place, man. No shit, it is. But that many sharks. Yeah, oceans don't. Sharks don't need the land. They swim around. They can go anywhere. You're just not buying any of this. <laughs> I just don't care. I should have. I should have ended with the Academy uh, Awards. The Argo thing, right? thing, man. That's gonna. It's gonna. It's gonna chat my ass. Just for a while. fucking chill out about it. What mm. you mean? Just because you didn't remember it? Yeah, I should know that. Yes. Yeah, so what? No one's perfect. I know. You're certainly not. I mean, we can talk about I, other things. I really hard in the show to be perfect. Uh, we should talk about our movies we're can doing you next just week. Just one more. Oh, thing. We got one more. Oh, no, that was last one. I'm sorry. last one. Yeah. Like, don't pattern interrupt me, motherfucker. We're just gonna do this last one. Okay. Do you remember the button? <laughs> Once again, Matt, Matt's swearing at all the wrong places. You swear like a foreign person. Like you swear at always at the wrong places. Like, I also like to like an censor myself. Like I like to say like instead of uh, like. But then you'll swear like three seconds later in the wrong spot. Uh, I know. I know. It's very strange. Whatever. Um, do you remember Boston? The Boston Dynamics robot, the one that looks like a dog with four legs. It's just, it's the yeah, spookiest maybe. looking thing. Um, it's called, it's actually, it's called like uh big dog. Oh, it's called big dog. Oh, right. And the way it moves, Clever. it's okay. so creepy. So it's this four legged robot called big dog that Boston yeah. dynamics created. Oh, all right. They it got an upgrade this week of 2013 with a limb that was strong enough to hurl cinder blocks at people. Hurl. Really? Yes. All right. So we're full. And now we're like seven years later. I can't imagine what this fucking thing can do now, but this is like end of the world shit for me. We got a coronavirus and we got fucking robot dogs that can hurl cinder blocks at humans. You, you, every, every headline is science related. I mean, it's not. I, there was Pope. That's not, that's true. Pope is the not Academy science. Awards. Raul. Raul. Uh, that's, fucking, that's three. And then my wife like, gave me the Pope one though. Although it sounds like the, the yeah, uh, your old, her. uh, <laughs> Your old priest gave you something else, though, right? The yeah, ultimate. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> All right, what did you want to talk about? The show, <laughs> free shows, or whatever. <laughs> that made me feel better. I feel better about the uh, Argo thing. I make fun of you for being an older boy. All right, boy. fine. Um, yeah, we're doing uh, three shows next week. Yeah, so we'll do the Monday uh, YouTube show on the KMS Kirkmanahan Show YouTube channel. Yep, and that and movie two regular shows. is going to be Jack with Robin okay. Williams and Jack Jack off. Bill Cosby. Oh, uh, I forgot, Bill. Directed oh. by Francis Ford Coppola. So we're going to talk about that movie on the YouTube on Monday. Yep. And then Wednesday is going to be, I believe, Kingpin. Yep, that's right. And then the Saturday show is going to be A Time to Kill. So they're all pretty, it's 1996. Yeah. Um, so that's a pretty fun uh, time for me. I think it's August, right? August of 96. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Um, so uh, some good, and I know we won't give any away now, but some really good songs Matt has planned. Yeah. Yep. Um, so yeah, so it's been fun to tackle one week over multiple episodes. I'm excited for that. Yeah. We can just delve a little bit deeper into things. I it, think so. It, it, it felt doing one-offs. It actually doesn't feel like we can get as far as we want. No. I could talk for another hour. Yeah. I think people know that. Yes. <laughs> um, so, uh, I think that's all we have. So yeah. So tune into YouTube on Monday and we'll be back doing uh, the podcast on Wednesday. Cool. All right. Take care.